Hi, this is Jonas Bordeaux, and welcome back to Rent Matters. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Dwellsy, and thrilled to have you back, and thrilled to be doing an encore conversation today with Carol Enoch, who is the CEO of Enoch & Co., and one of the nation's leading experts on renting and on property management. Carol, thrilled to have you back, back by popular demand. So many questions <laughs> from renters that we've just been overwhelmed, and happy to answer a few more of those today. So thanks for coming back on the pod. I love it. Happy to be back. So I hear about this one from renters all the time, but I never really thought about it that hard. I just sort of said, well, you know, why is your rent due on the first? Well, it's always kind of been due on the first, you know, but a lot of people also get paid on the 30th or the first or the second or something like that. Like, why couldn't the rent be due on the 10th? You know, why does everything have to happen on the first? Such a good question. And there's so many answers. Mortgage is usually due on the first. Landlord also has money due on the first. And it's the biggest payment you typically have is your debt service on your property, right? Followed by insurance and taxes. So mortgage is due on the first. So I think that's where it started from. Also, I am definitely not an accountant. I love all of my accountants. You're amazing. Thank you for everything. I could not function without you, nor could our industry. And for them, you know, doing things on a monthly basis, because we're we're an industry that focuses on months, monthly leases, you know, the lease is 12 months, maybe a year, but we typically talk about a 12 month lease, right? And your monthly rent, you're paying rent by the month. And it's usually due in advance on the first, you're paying October 1st for your stay for the remainder of, of October. And so, you know, saving from having to do that prorated math. I will say that there are a lot of landlords out there and a lot of property owners out there that are starting to flex on this. And there are a lot of, of companies, technology companies that have recognized exactly the point that you made, Jonas, that people get paid in different timing. There are a lot of markets where rent is making up 50, 60, 70% of somebody's monthly income rather than, you know, the the 25% or 30% that a financial advisor would say is a, a nice portion of your monthly income to go towards housing. A lot of people don't have any other option because of what market rates are. And so they're maybe not able to pay their rent in full on the first of the month because they get paid on the first and the 15th. So there are some companies out there that have started working with flexible payment plans. Um, which I think is really interesting. And look, they're, they all work in a slightly different way, but the basic function is they make an agreement with the landlord. They make sure that the landlord has the money that they're supposed to have on the first of the month so that they can pay their mortgage, all of their bills, which are typically, like I said, due on the first, you know, late on the fifth or the sixth. And then some bills are due on the 15th, but not many. And then intermediary companies will take on collecting rent from the resident throughout the rest of the month. So I think that's a super interesting solution. To your point, it's arbitrary, because why did the mortgage company pick that? You know, but so many things are tied into that system. It can feel hard for us to unwind it. Now, if you're somebody, let's say you're you're working with a mom and pop type landlord and, and not a big institutional company that has access to these types of resources, have a conversation with them when you sign your lease. Say, look, this is my payment schedule. Is this something that we can work out, right? It's always worth a conversation if you find a place that you like and you've got a need, it never hurts to ask to see if that need can be accommodated. Yeah. No, I think that's a, a great point to make. And incidentally, we have a blog post that gives guidance on if, if you need that kind of help with a delayed rent payment or something like that. So you can check that out. We'll leave that in the show notes. You want to listen to that. That's right. And and I think, again, you know, going back to the individual landlord 
I'm not going to say versus there's, there's multiple types of folks that own property, right? There's people that own property, there's companies that own property. And, and, and a lot, a lot of them are companies, but at the end of the day, there are people that are working there whose job it is to make the building run. And, you know, just ask the question. If you have a question about something, always better to ask and see what you can do. My rental property in, in Denver, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm a single person that owns it and my mortgage is due on the first and they pull it right out of my bank account. And so I had a conversation with my residents before they moved in. And I said, look, this is how my deal works. I'm not cool with late rent payments. They pay me on the 25th. They pay early every single month because I had that conversation. Now, could I put an extra X dollar amount in my bank account to cover the mortgage? Sure. But as an investor, I don't like money just sitting there. And look, I know Jonas had mentioned earlier, Enoch & Co. is our consulting firm. We actually just started in June a B2C investment strategy firm targeted towards individual investors because it's my personal belief that every single person should be able to build wealth through real estate if that's what they want to do. And that includes renters. And I don't think we should look at renters and owners as a different, I'm using air quotes that you can't see, class of people because they're not. We all should be able to invest. And so if anybody, if any of you out there want to understand how you can invest in real estate as an individual, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to chat with you because, you know, for example, that extra three grand or whatever that buffer is that I might have in my bank account, if I go invest that somewhere else, rather than letting it sit in a bank account, I can make more money, which also means that I can, that money can go towards expenses for my property, you know, all of those things. And so, you know, there's just a lot of things to think about on the back end in terms of of how money works that will drive some of these decisions as well. That's very true. You know, think follow the money, right? So many things come back to those incentives. All right, I think we have time for one more topic, Carol. Another one that we get a lot of questions about is Wi-Fi. Why does my Wi-Fi suck? Why is it so bad? <laughs> you know, can't landlord do something about that? They can and they can't. It depends on it depends on the municipality and it depends on the laws. So um, I am seeing a lot of landlords starting to install high-speed bulk Wi-Fi in their buildings as an amenity to their residents because they're so tired of having garbage options for Wi-Fi. You know, that is a utility that is dependent on who is the service provider in your area. Has that service provider run the correct lines to your building? I'll give you an example. I opened an absolutely beautiful 447-unit, 42-story high-rise in downtown San Francisco, high-end luxury building, very much needed housing. Everybody was excited about it. All things are good. We are trying to get internet run to the building. And this is a project. So when you look at a building of that size, we were in planning for eight years for that project from entitlement to to when we had our, our first move in. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of coordination with a lot of different people. So the Super Bowl happened to be in San Francisco around this time, and they, they rerouted AT&T to make Super Bowl City. So I guess the Super Bowl is in Santa Clara. But so we were delayed a year on getting the infrastructure run to our building to have AT&T wireless infrastructure for a very high-end high-rise building in what most people would consider to be the tech mecca of the United States and San Francisco. So we had to go with some other options and it wasn't my favorite. One thing that's been interesting, and, and you'll see this a lot, and I think the Bay Area were particularly sensitive to this, where you'll have folks that 
vote on a measure that makes sense to them. So you shouldn't be able to dictate what type of utility somebody has going to their home. I think most people, if they saw that on a ballot, would say, yeah, of course you shouldn't. You should be able to pick what you want. So in certain areas where this law has been passed, this is actually preventing landlords from installing their own Wi-Fi, which if they have control over it, they can often get higher quality, better bandwidth, and have more control. That has been a little bit interesting, and I'm fascinated to see how that will all play out. But please know that it is important to your landlord that you have good Wi-Fi. A lot of times they're constrained by what infrastructure is present in the area. And so I would always just, you know, work with them on that. But there are a lot of groups out there, like I said, that are are taking matters into their own hands and building their own building wide Wi-Fi so that you have Wi-Fi not just in your unit, you can have it in the hallway or in the conference room or on the roof deck or wherever it is that you want to be to to work, play, whatever. I think it's also it's really important for renters to understand, for us all to understand how difficult it can be to work with the Wi-Fi companies and how long it can take them to get installs. And you know, when a problem comes up, it impacts an entire building oftentimes. But it's also it's a great question to ask when you're looking at places, you know, what are the Wi-Fi options here? And I think any good property manager in a big building, particularly, should have a super fast option. And you know, some other locally relevant options that make sense, whether it's the local cable company or the local telephone company that offers that service. And if you're in a small scale place, if you're just renting a single family home or one out of three apartments in a, in a small building, then you should have a lot more control in terms of being able to run the service that you want to the building, but you should always know what's already there. Yeah. And if you are running your own service and this goes for any maintenance related item, make sure you talk to your property manager or your landlord before you do that and get their written authorization. And you want to do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, they've got your security deposit and any damages beyond normal wear and tear when you move out are going to be your responsibility. And you might look at that as an upgrade, but somebody else might not. And the general standard is returning it back to its original condition. So you just want to have that conversation, check in with them. And again, getting it in writing, it doesn't have to be a crazy legal document. It can be an email that says, hey, just to confirm, we talked, I want to have Comcast installed. They're going to be drilling here, here, and here. Is that okay? The other thing is Comcast won't always, or whoever, I'm not going to pick on Comcast, but the utility company may not know in advance what work is going to need to be done. So if you can have somebody kind of on call, say, hey, is there a maintenance person or is there a property manager? Is there somebody that I can just pick up the phone and call during this time to ask questions in case they need to do things? And I'll give you a good example of why. And this is my personal example for my house in Denver that was built in 1947. My walls are plaster and lath. So for those of you that aren't contractors, plaster and lath was used a really long time ago. It takes a specialty contractor to repair. Um, It's a gigantic pain in the neck. And anytime you put anything more than a small nail hole, it's got to be cut out and you've got layers of steps that have to take place in order to make a repair. And my sweet, sweet, sweet residents installed two flat screen TVs on the wall and didn't check first. And I would have told them no, not because I don't want them to have flat screens, but because the cost of that repair is going to be their responsibility and it's not going to be cheap. So communication is just key. And again, it can be kind and positive and lovely, just clarifying. Yeah. When, you know, asking why. Right. Is, is always important. You know, as a landlord, you should tell people why that's the case and help them understand. You know, in this case, you want to do a put up a flat screen. It's going to be a thousand dollars to repair and put it back the way it was. Are you okay with that? Because I'm going to need an extra security deposit if you want to do this. Having a much more nuanced conversation, I think makes a lot of sense. 
Or we work through, hey, is there a better option for what it is that you're doing? You know, and I think most people operate in that way, right? Where they're happy to have a conversation, especially if you're working for a bigger company, that person you're talking to might not know why, but they might be able to find out for you. Well, Carol, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It is just, it's been a treat. And I hope everybody out there enjoyed listening to this and getting a bit of a different perspective and understanding why Landlord does some things that seem kind of crazy to us sometimes. If you have your own questions about what your landlord is doing and want to understand it better, we're happy to come on and answer a few more of those. Feel free to reach out to us at rentmatters@dwalzy.com with any questions. Again, that's rentmatters@dwalzy.com. Thanks again, Carol. Really appreciate you being on. Thanks, Jonas. This has been Jonas Bordeaux from Dwellsey with Rent Matters. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you to Lena Stevens for production and editing and Gloria Tells for the music. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a review so other renters can find us. Lastly, but most importantly, please be sure to email rentmatters at dwellsey.com if you're interested in being our next guest. Happy renting!